Hello and welcome to episode 64 of the Critical Twits Gaming Podcast, our board talk podcast for February 2017, where we investigate the pandemic epidemic. I'm Brian Ennis. I'm Aaron Vinsky. And I'm Joe Lewin. And we are the Critical Twits. This is Board Talk, our monthly show where we talk about board games. And in honour of the winter flu season, which I think has variously attacked all of us at various points. Yeah, yeah it's been pretty pretty vicious this year. Yeah. So it is the season to, to get sick and feel terrible about, uh, about life. So we thought we would investigate the modern board gaming phenomenon that is Pandemic. Mm. Uh, we've all played Pandemic in, in many of its various guises. Yep. Uh, so today we're going to be taking you through a bit of a what is Pandemic, a bit of an explanation for those of you not in the know. Uh, and then we're going to work our way through some different versions of Pandemic. Starting with On the Brink, moving on to Contagion, Pandemic Legacy and Pandemic, pandemic Reign, Reign of, of Cthulhu. Cthulhu. Yeah. Yes, uh, not Tiny Cthulhu's in droplet form falling from the sky, but <laughs> reigning as some kind of glorious otherworldly. You just come out of the king. sea, so he could be quite drippy. Yeah, <laughs> and he is big. Drippy Cthulhu. Just <laughs> so, uh, Pandemic was released by Z Man Games, not Z Man Games, because this is Britain, don't you know? And we all say these things correctly. Uh, in 2007, designed by Matt Leacock. Pandemic is now so big and so mighty. That it has its own Wikipedia page. Mm-hmm. Turns up on a truck when you Wh- buy it as well. <laughs> <laughs> I have had to tie my copies down. <laughs> yeah, actually, your giant pile of different versions of, of Pandemic is fairly impressive. Yeah, I mean, I've got three boxes stuffed into one that I yeah. have had to wrap up with something to stop it just popping out and exploding. Twine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I think that that, that is a, that's a sign of its popularity. It has three expansions. On the Brink, In the Lab, and State of Emergency. And there are lots and lots of sort of spin-offs or twists or other versions yeah. of the game, including The Cure, Contagion, uh, Pandemic Legacy, Reign of Cthulhu, and Iberia, mm. which I think is all to do with finely sliced Spanish ham, <laughs> which is something of a speciality on this podcast. <laughs> well, well, we are we, we did win an award once. We did, for the <laughs> best, best use of, of uh, thinly sliced ham. Yeah. Was it the best use of ham? Thinly no, sliced or no? Used to thinly, sli- thinly sliced ham. You know, other people used ham better in a non-sliced fashion. Yeah, fuckers. <laughs> oh no! It's a very, very popular game. It's kind of one of those those staples, and quite often, most of the gaming shops we visited will have like a pandemic section with mm. lots and lots of pandemics. Yeah, uh, all together. So yeah, it's been a kind of an, an epidemic. It's its tenth birthday. Is it that old? Yeah, 2007, like I said a minute ago. And you weren't <laughs> no, listening. No, wasn't it? <laughs> and there were two different versions of it released last year, uh, Cthulhu and Iberia. Mm. It's still going strong. I assume Iberia is, because I, I have no idea about Iberia, it's just a different style of thing, or is it a complete change like the Cthulhu one? I haven't pl- we haven't played it yet, so I can't be 100% sure, but from looking at the box... It looks like a restyling, so it seems to be set in... In Iberia. Yeah, in Iberia. Yeah, you have historical diseases. Yeah. And historical you, uh, characters, I Yeah, there's something to do with so managing it's, it's the It's medieval water pandemic. Yeah. Rather than... Well, 1800s. Renace, re- 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 no, Ooh, yeah. 
Yeah. Romantic it. I'm going more by literature. <laughs> getting getting more typhoid and shitting so myself to death is not <laughs> yeah. romantic in any way, shape or form. Well, it depends on the crowd you hang around with. <laughs> Very special. I still don't think it's romantic. I don't know. If you Erotic, maybe. <laughs> yeah. If you're that way... Oh, you shat and... yourself. <laughs> Lovely. Maybe. Still not romance, is it? Pity, maybe. It's supposed to be shit out petal, rose petals, maybe. That's an impressive disease. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard of unicorns farting rainbows. I haven't heard of, like, Casanova shitting out rose petals. <laughs> Did you not see the deleted scenes in the extended version? <laughs> you know, David Tennant had to film that scene eight times. So although it looks like he only shits out one rose's worth of petals, he actually had multiple roses stuffed up his arse. <laughs> that yeah i did (laughs) (laughs) so what is pandemic pandemic is a cooperative game for two to four players although you could play it on your own very very easily yeah you are trying to save the world from deadly diseases four deadly diseases you will play various characters that work for the center for disease control Mm -hmm. and you will travel about the world uh, trying to cure the sick and find the overall cures for the uh, the different diseases that are ravaging the world. It's kind of a race against time. Mm. Uh, you have a, decks, a deck of cards of all these different cities across the world, and each turn uh, more and more of them will get infected uh, as you're trying to sort of do battle and, uh, and stop them. Eventually there will be an, an outbreak. Again, it's another card that you draw from the, uh, from the deck. And this is what I like about pandemic is that the the locations that have already been revealed are then shuffled and placed back on top of the deck yeah it's nice that they're not shuffled yeah, in they're, they're placed on the they're top. placed yeah. on the top which means that you know where the infection is going to hit next roughly yes yeah. so if there's been 15 cards you know it's one of those 15 places yeah you're probably near some of them because you've been running over there when the cards are drawn diseases appear little cubes of disease that look really edible but yeah. they're not don't eat them you might die. <laughs> um, Each one contains a tiny disease. Yes. <laughs> what, yeah, oh, what if they... Oh, if you were a terrorist, like with a really perverse sense of humour, the terrorists aren't really renowned for their sense of humour, but putting some kind of anthrax in the, <laughs> No. Pretend it's a really disease. weird way of yeah. killing off all the geeks to try and poison video, ga- uh, video board games. Yeah, because all the... Uh, information technology infrastructure of the country that you're attacking would be <laughs> fucked they'd be plunged back into the medieval times and then it would be ripe for uh, your wily terrorist takeover <laughs> when you have too many diseases in the same place uh, they outbreak they spread and infect various cities when there are have been too many outbreaks you lose the game how else can you lose the game, Aaron? Um, if you run out of uh, disease cubes to put down, yeah, so uh, too many people have died. Too much the game disease. There's a finite number of each. Yeah, 24 uh, cubes of each. But there's also a deck of uh, what are essentially your resources, so the yeah. cards for the, each of the cities for you to fly to, to des- design the cure from and stuff like that, but they are your resources. Once they run out, the game's over because you've got no more money left. Yeah, so you draw a couple of those each turn as a plan. Yeah. The game is very much timed because you've got all these different things that can sort of run out. Yeah. Uh, So it stops the game dragging. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, But the sort of semi-random nature of where the outbreaks are, I mean, you shuffle them into different piles and they're kind of spread semi 
randomly. Yeah. yeah. So you've got if you've got five of the epidemics in your deck, which is a normal amount of yeah. epidemic cards, you have five equal piles of your resources, and then they're randomly shuffled into each pile. So you could have two next to each other. Yeah, you, you could have them yeah. evenly spread out. But the most you would have next to each other would be two. Yes. And you'd know that there'd be a nice safe distance yeah. from the rest of that little miniature yeah. section of the deck. Yeah. Um, but that that can. If you get one and you go, oh, we've got a bit of time, and it was the bottom one and the next one's the top one. Yeah, you're, yeah. You're, I mean, I've, I've played games where we've had uh, an epidemic straight away. Yes, yeah. So that can be really... You're very much up against it immediately. Yeah. yeah. Although you do get a little bit of breathing room, you can have some of like, your outbreak counter really, really, uh, really far down yeah. <laughs> to start with. The, the way that you go about curing the diseases is these cards you're drawing from a separate deck... Will have uh, color coded by disease. They're each related to a city. As Aaron said, you can use them to fly to those cities, mm-hmm. or you can go to that city, meet up, and go. Ha ha! I have this bit of information about people from Bogota. <laughs> they are immune to this disease. Here is some. Here is some science that I did. <laughs> this is how the, the game works in my head. <laughs> yeah, by yeah. the way, well, well, the scientists <laughs> are massively fucking creepy. <laughs> The game, the way you cure diseases then is you collect sets of these cards related to each disease. Yeah. Uh, once you've got five, or in some cases four, depending on your character ability, you can rush to a research station and you can build new research stations. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, they require some of these resources and, and their time is ticking. And you can trade them in, you cure the, the disease, then it becomes much easier to remove the cubes of disease that if are you- about. And if you completely get rid of them all, the disease is eradicated and then no more of that disease comes yeah can yeah. come out of the deck so yeah. if you've cured the yellow disease then and you flip one of the yellow cities you go ha ha everyone is safe it's fine the disease is there but no one no one cares yeah and everyone's immune it, the game has a race against time feel to it mm. um, and I, one of the things i i really enjoy about it is that tension when you're up against it and the game could go either way yeah, yeah. and you're flipping that card or drawing that card to see whether you're going to get uh, an event or some resources that are going to make things much easier for you, or whether you're going to get that final epidemic that finishes off the game and means you've lost. Yeah, definitely. I have very rarely played games of Pandemic where it hasn't been down to the wire. So it's not been down to, oh, if that card is that city, we're out of the game, because we misplanned this a couple of turns ago. Or we've won the game, but only just because one turn extra and that it would have been over. It's always been very, very close to being on the wire, but it's planable. There's normally a, a, the correct method of doing things that you can see that can stack you, the odds in your favour. I've played Pandemic less than you two. Yeah. And the games have been fairly close. I But I never feel it's quite as, oh my God, we're screwed, as something like Dead of Winter. But I, that might just be because... I'm not as invested for whatever reason. Dead of Winter is a two-hour game. Yeah, yeah. So you've um, got more. You've spent more time getting. Yeah, and it's just pandemic is forty-five minutes to an hour. Yeah, so you've invested. Tw- I suppose that's what it is. You've invested so much more of your time. Yeah, it's like if we don't win, that's that's two hours wasted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you are playing um, a faceless. Well, they're not faceless. A nameless. That's the word I was yeah. looking for. Um, maybe in. Cthulhu pandemic you might play something faceless and eldritch and strange <laughs> uh, but you're playing a nameless I am the dispatcher whereas in something like Dead of Winter there's a story there the crossroads card Mike Cho yeah. the ninja who, who dies never, when he goes to the gas station yes never take your ninja to the gas station <laughs> they don't like it no they don't 
Yeah, I think what I would, uh, I'd, I'd pass us over now to our own Lord of Nurgle himself, Aaron Ravinsky, um, who is the man who has all the pandemic. I am. I'm just still gazing in awe at your pandemic collection. <laughs> when you said about we haven't played Iberia yet, have you got Iberia? I haven't, though. Ah, okay. It's something that's on the list to get because too I'm interested. Yeah, yeah. Not, not kosher. Yeah, it's a problem. Um, so what is it that has made you have all the pandemic? Is it like when someone comes home and they, they've got like a little ornament of an owl and, then and they put it on the shelf and then everyone goes to your house and you're hanging out and they go, oh, he, he collects owls. And then everything in your house suddenly is made of owls. A little bit, actually. Yeah, yeah. Is it one I've of those got... things you've been bought a lot as presents? Uh, actually, I've bought most of the expansions myself. Okay. Um, the Reign of Cthulhu and State of Emergency were bought for me for his presents. Okay. But the first two expansions I and Contagion, I... I bought for myself because yeah. I enjoyed the I bought enjoyed the base game. There becomes a point where that starts to become a little bit stale. Yeah, I mean it, it is. It's a good game, yeah. and it's one of the top rated games of all time on yeah. various websites yeah. and, and similar places. But it is finite in its capacity. Well, it's like you said earlier. There, there becomes a point where it's almost formulaic in how you fix it. Yes, like you get to you a certain point and you go strategy. right. We need to do this, then this, then this, then this, then this, then this. Yeah. Um, and it's one of the issues because we mentioned pandemic before. Yeah. Uh, during the Christmas games for families. Yes. And I think that we highlighted that if you've got a player that knows what they're doing, that can ruin. It they have people. have the tend- tendency yeah. to go. We should do this because you know how to beat it. At that that point. was one of the reasons I bought on the brink because it introduced the bioterrorist, which we had a game of earlier. Yeah. And I thought, cool. oh, I'm the player who is who knows this system well enough because I've played it loads of loads of different people I could be the bioterrorist to mess with them and they get to play the game as normal but with me being a dick yeah you successfully ruined our fun yeah yeah, mm. yeah. great how who do you play it with who do you pull Pandemic out with my family a lot of the time yeah. actually um, my wife likes playing it quite a lot um, because it's cooperative I've got um, two of friends of mine who are now gay board gamers because of it was it um, the first Proper board game, I'd say proper board game. Modern not, board game. Not bullshit like Monopoly. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so, yeah. Um, we went on... Um, I, well, I brought Pandemic around theirs one time and they got really on with it because it was cooperative. They never played a cooperative board game mm. before. It was, it was different. Yeah, I think a lot of people think board games, they think competition. Yeah. It's a game, you win yeah. a game. But yeah. actually... You can work together on this one and do that, which has been nice. It's why it's worked well with my family because... No conflict. We're, yeah, we're yeah. not a high conflict family as, as a general rule, so we prefer a game where we could try and work together with something. Stop showing off about your happy childhood. Jesus. <laughs> um, Rub it in my face. And I think it's probably what appealed to my friends and stuff as well, is that we could actually cooperate with a game, because we used to play um, you know, video games and stuff online, cooperative ones quite a lot. Yeah. Um, and it paralleled with that. And yeah, and it's like all the expansion on holiday, and it was pretty much what we ended up doing most of the time. Most nights, just play that road while drinking. So yeah, I've got a, a couple friends who have again recently sort of started getting into to board games um, through various things, you know, to introducing them mm. to, to the world. And I bought two different last year um, for two different birthdays. I bought two different people. Pandemic, the yeah. first one. Not because I'm dull and boring. I sometimes <laughs> buy other things. Um, but because I knew they were interested in board games and yeah. it was something that I knew they could... We could play together and then they could take away and play with other people and yeah. kind of sp- spread like a virus. Yeah. The the virus of, of board gaming. It's not so over-complex. It's not 
too difficult for somebody who's not massively into games to explain mm. to somebody else who's not massively into games yeah. or never played yeah. before. But it yeah. shows off a lot of the things that are good about oh, definitely, board games. Definitely. Yeah. I remember we we bought I bought for a friend of ours for their birthday mm. um, about three or four months ago, mm. and then we went round and played a game of it. Yeah, and I hadn't played Pandemic in quite a while at that point. And I really enjoyed it. Yeah. And it was really great to see someone go, oh, this is amazing. Oh, we could do this. Yeah. Considering that friend is one of them who quite likes the can we stuff each other over type games. Oh, she's she's cruel. She's, yes. she's, she's a cruel, harsh uh, mistress. <laughs> she's our, our mistress of Lords of Waterdeep who battered us like yeah. a chip shop sausage um, <laughs> last time we played Waterdeep. Yeah. And she takes great pleasure in doing that as well. well was yeah. the first time she had a... Played it, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Just yeah, just got it straight away. But it was the same with. You've <laughs> sold and not played that since. <laughs> I've played it since. We played yeah. it without you one day. Uh, yeah. I think you were dead in a ditch. Yeah, probably. You were <laughs> asleep in your bin. <laughs> I like my bin. <laughs> um, so with with the with how it's aged, like having not played it that much, yeah. Mm. I, I can still quite happily enjoy a game with it, but I can see it getting quite old for me after. Seven or eight games or so, maybe. Yeah. Especially if they're in reasonably quick succession. Yes. Yeah. So having the expansions is quite cool, and I would I would say that it's aging well enough that they keep bringing expansions out. Yeah. And they they're not going to do that if it's not making them money. So no. people are obviously enjoying it. Still. Yeah. And each of them are adding something new to the game. Yeah. They're not just yeah. little bits. They are completely changing it in some respects. Well, you know, keeping the core elements. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think for me the biggest problem with it is that quarterbacking issue where, yeah. as I say quarterbacking, that's the term for where one player starts to dominate and tell all the other players what they should be doing on their in their turn. Yeah, because the way the game works is a system, yeah. and there are a finite number of probabilities. Especially once you had your first epidemic card down, mm-hmm. it's like okay, these are the cities that were uh, that were infected. They're the ones that are going to have to come back. Yeah. So anywhere that's got three cubes, which is the most they can have, so it's like really, really diseased and festering. If their card comes out again, you get an outbreak, which moves you closer to losing, and then it spreads to nearby cities. And you can have outbreak triggering an outbreak triggering an outbreak, and that can really just, you know, death spiral very, very quickly. So it's all about risk management in the game. It's kind of like a weird kind of cross between sort of set collection and area control. Yeah in the game because you're trying to to manage where the diseases are and you're trying to get the right cards to the right people in the right place to yeah. cure things yeah. etc but I think it's also very much a game of risk management where mm. you're going right there is a 1 in 10 chance that that's going to come out next turn which will lose us the game because it will hit that and hit that Yeah, yeah. someone needs to deal with that this turn if they can and there are X number of ways you could get there and it starts to be if you're the kind of person that can remember all those cards yeah. if you're the kind of person that can I mean I think Joe would be very much like yeah, this yeah. you'd be going duh, 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 this that's happens, what that we happens, need to do this is, yeah. this I, is the yeah. ideal move the yeah. ideal yeah, play yeah. I, I've now I, once I now I've played it enough I do get like that a little well, bit so I'm actively trying to make sure I don't overtake a game but it's very easy to. Yeah, well, this is something I've quite enjoyed because we've played it um, a couple of different versions of stuff today. Yeah. And being able to look at it and, yeah, I'm kind of going, oh, this seems like a really good idea. Um, and with the way my brain works, and like you said, has that tendency to go, no, but, but this is the best plan. Yeah. But with people that know the game better than I do, 
which yeah. is nice. But I can see it, yeah, because we're all fairly similarly skilled when it comes to these kind of things. Mm. Playing yeah. it with new people, yeah, you'd have to really try make yourself take a step back and yeah. let them fail almost. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah. Pandemic, when I first played it, was one of those games where I, I died horribly and then I wanted to play it again because yeah. yeah. I'd realised different things we could have done and I was starting to discover the strategies to play the game. Yeah. But yeah, once you've played it a dozen times, 20 times, especially... When, again, when you're introducing it to people, yeah, it, it becomes uh, it becomes formulaic in that way. Yeah, um, but that's where the expansion's coming. How many how many games here could we say we've played twenty times? Not that many. I mean, even Dead of Winter, which we love to pieces. I think I've played Dead of Winter about a dozen times, and that's over a long, quite a long period of time. Yeah. Um... I've probably paid that much Dominion. Dominion's very quick to play. It is. Yeah. Certain cards come down in that, and yeah. you just go, oh, I buy this and then this and this, and I want that's, that's yeah, the yeah. thing. And that can, again, become very yeah. formulaic. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I can think of card games I've played that many times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, but they're very different beasts to sort of a, a board game as, yes. a, as, a, as a construct. There is a difficulty built into to Pandemic. So if you're finding that you're, you know, you, you've twigged how it works, mm-hmm. yeah. you can put in more ec- Epidemic cards yeah. and you can start things in different or places. and it Reduce can... the deck that's your, basically your counter, your timer. So there, there's ways and means of adjusting the game, but there's, there's some variance with the, the game that also can change it. Because the roles that you play, each yes. role has a different ability. Those roles are determined randomly. Yeah. And some of them are just playing better than the others. Yeah, definitely. It's one of my f- few criticisms of yes. is that, that role system. Mm. Because if you got to pick every time, yeah. you pick these ones because they yeah. are the best. You'd always yeah. have the medic. You'd always have the dispatcher if there's enough of you playing. Yeah, the, the researcher, researcher who can cure easier. Yeah. And stuff like that. And it just... Be- but that's why you pick it at random, I think. It is, but you can also get stuck with four really crap people. Yeah. It w- or you could get four really good ones, and then you're like, we should probably add an extra epidemic in, or we're just going to walk this sucker. Yeah. and it, it, I mean, fair enough, because it's the initial version that's kind of going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, and to jump ahead a little bit for Rain of Cthulhu, I actually think all the ones in that are fairly balanced. Yeah, they are. Yeah. But I do think I do think that they they are aware of some of the the problems. I say they're problems. They're more problems once you've played the game a lot. Yeah. yeah. Um, and most games, I don't think I would play as much as I have played any pandemic anyway. Yeah. So we're talking we're talking sort of extending the longevity of it rather than yeah, sort of real true. fundamental flaws in the game. Yeah. Yeah. Aaron, again, you have uh, you have a lot of the the expansions. Now, one of the things I really enjoyed about playing Pandemic with you today mm-hmm. is that you had some really shiny stuff that made the game just nicer to play. Completely yeah. irrelevant. Yes. Not needed. Yeah. We've found this with a lot of board games. If it's just got little wooden cubes and coloured meatballs and stuff, and yeah. you go, yes, that's all right. But we get really excited, like New Angeles. Yeah. We got so excited because it had little models in it. Yeah. It doesn't need models. They could have been cardboard cutouts. They yeah, could have been yeah. you could play coloured any... yeah. tokens, you, anything. You could play most board games on some graph paper with some cutout yeah. paper yeah. tokens. But part of the appeal of board games is that 
physicality yeah, of it, physicality the tactile, of yeah. Yeah. The, the picking up and looking yeah. at the shinies. Yeah, thing. yeah. And, and it is, helps immersion, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I really like, you'll have to tell me where they come from. Yeah. I really, really liked, uh, first of all, the Petri dishes. Yeah. Um, the little plastic dishes yeah. that I remember from school. Yeah. And there's this space to name the diseases on them as well. Ah, oh, Jeff, <laughs> where do they where do they come from? That's from the in the lab expansion. Cool so petri dishes and the nice vials that are. Oh, excellent! Yeah, that was I, that was number two. Yeah, I, I was really disappointed the vials didn't have anything in them. Any natural just, liquid? Yeah, I can yeah. understand. Yeah, they, health and safety wise, why there isn't. You just put food colouring in. You can still drink that though, and that's still probably bad for if it's been there for six years in a bottle. You don't want it to split and yeah, leak viscous goo all over your board game. Because last time I leaked viscous goo on a board game, everyone got really upset with me. <laughs> <laughs> so I, they're all from the in the lab in the lab expansion. That's yeah. really nice. Those bottles are quite chunky and heavy. Yeah, they are. Yeah, um, they're good, like two two and a half inches tall. Yeah, and solid plastic. They look yeah. like proper um, like vaccine vials. Yeah. yeah, they do. They're about the same size. So the one of the first expansions for Pandemic was Pandemic on the Brink, which came yes. out in 2009, two years later. This was designed, again, by Matt Leacock. We didn't really go into his pedigree. Um, he'd probably be a familiar name. He has his own Wikipedia page as well, so he must be important. I just thought I'd, I'd, I'd list off some of the games that, that Matt Leacock has worked on. Uh, yeah. He did uh, Forbidden Island. Yeah, another uh, cooperative. Which we've played. Yeah. Uh, Forbidden Desert which is very similar, yeah. but everything falls into the sand rather than into the sea. Uh, Thunderbirds. Okay. It's by Modifius, the new Thunderbirds mm-hmm. game. Uh, Nitwit, which I bought for Christmas. Oh, yeah. Um, at Dragon Meat Convention. And then we haven't played because we just, oh, we all bought so many games or most of us, some yeah. of us. We just had far too many new things. We yeah. will get to it eventually. Uh, and last year he, he created Chariot Race. Uh, so yeah, on the brink, 2009, uh, on the brink adds in an extra player yeah who is not a cooperative player no yay that player is working against the rest of the group mm-hmm. uh, dishing out the purple cubes of doom purple cubes of doom yeah yes. they're what, what lost us the game yeah. the game that we played um, and don't sit there looking smug you bastard I shout them out in all the right places <laughs> <laughs> That yeah, that player plays a bioterrorist who is yeah. working against the rest of them and moves secretly around the board. They have a kind of like own secret bit of paper where they, they write things down and yeah. kind of hunt in the darkness. <laughs> I was initially concerned that pandemic can be hard enough. Yeah. Uh, but they've used the mechanics quite well. Um, as we, we mentioned that the cards that are drawn when an epidemic strikes are shuffled and placed back on. Yeah. So it gives you that kind of that ticking time bomb feel and everything's going to hit the same place. People are going to get sicker in the same places. Now, the bioterrorist uses those as his own sort of, or her, it's their own resources. Yeah. So they're actually kind of slowing down the spread of the disease at certain points. Yes. Because you might have, say, Baghdad is infested with uh, the, the black cubes of infectious gonorrhea. I don't know. What's this going to go? Black death? Black yeah. death, yeah. So Baghdad's got the black death. Then the bioterrorist draws that card looking for, for something yeah. good to do. That actually stops that coming up and sparking an outbreak for the players. Yeah, because... But what the terrorist can do is then drop a purple cube in amongst the black death and then it, when it eventually does come back round, 
it'll go up with black cubes and go up with uh, yeah. with purple cubes. Yeah. Yes, there's half the number of purple cubes there is the ones. There's only twelve. Yeah, um, but they spread slightly differently. They don't outbreak like the other ones do. They go yeah. through what's known as a flare up. Yeah, which is something known in diseases. Yeah, uh, where it burns itself out essentially. So normally, if you've got three cubes in a city and it goes through an outbreak, all the connected cities get a cube of that color. With the purple cubes. The city that's got three goes down to one, and all the connected cities have a cube in there. So it stops repeated outbreaks happening over and over again? Yes. Yes. So it gives you a little bit of an opportunity to try and keep it under control. Spreads yeah. it out further, but it's not as... Spreads it out the same. Cubes yeah, at the same time, the yeah same it, it's yeah. not as dense in the, in yes. the initial areas. Yeah. yeah. Now, as the other players move around the board, they can find... The bioterrorist. If you end up in the same city as the bioterrorist, the bioterrorist would say, you found me. Yeah, and put their piece on the board. Put so the piece on the board, so you know where they are. And then you can arrest them, take some action, but you can force... They, they can escape. They don't get eliminated from the game. No, because it's a nice, happy game where you don't get to just shoot them. Yeah. I was very disappointed. Yeah, it's a nice, happy you. game of millions of people dying of lurgy. Yeah, it's got a kind of hidden movement mechanic to it. It changes the game up quite nicely. Hmm. Um, as I said, I was concerned, but I needn't have been because it, it kind of... Still had the same flow. Yeah, it had the, the same flow. But it does introduce a new way of losing. Yeah. The bioterrorist can lose. Yes. If the players lose and there's no purple cubes on the board. Everyone loses. Everyone loses. Yeah. Hooray! <laughs> And the bioterrorists can be knocked out if you eradicate the purple disease. Yeah. They've got nothing to do. Yeah. Although that would probably be quite rare. Rare-ish. Because you can discard cards to ping a cube wherever. Yeah. You would just ping one into a place that's not particularly near any of the people. And it'd be, I, I would say it'd be very yeah. hard to yeah. eliminate. If, if it played, played well. Yeah. 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 Now... This kind of this kind of adding that element of competition is quite interesting. It just changed the the way the game is played, and it might not be for every group, as you said, Aaron. Your family isn't into sort of yeah. competition in that way. I like it because it immediately stops that quarterbacking problem that we talked about yes. earlier. Because the players have to communicate openly. Yeah, the bioterrorist knows he's hacked the CDC. He can see your emails flying around the world. There you yeah. go. Yeah. So he knows your plans. Yeah. So. There were points where me and Joe were trying to share information in a coded nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Generally, when Aaron was looking at his bit of paper, I would, I couldn't show him a card because that's completely cheating, but I might make one of them just jump up and down. Yeah. Which uh, is, that's perfect. And look at the place where it's, where it is. And kind of, how's your father? Mm. (laughs) But it's all stuff I could theoretically have seen, so it's not hidden, it's just cheeky. Yeah. yeah, but it's like know, coding an email. It's fine. Yeah, but you might you might decide you wouldn't even like that in your game. Okay, that's fine. That's up to you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it changed the game fundamentally because there were suddenly it was possible for me to make a substandard play based on the board state because yeah. I didn't know Joe's hidden information. Yes. Yeah. Which um, normally you'd openly share. And it, I, playing the part by a terrorist is an interesting angle. I I quite enjoy doing it. I thought that was a really nice touch. Yeah. Yeah. It reminded me um, a similar game to Fury of Dracula, yes, which we talked about very... and praised <coughs> on, the, uh, on the podcast it's before. A low-tech version of, but yes. yes. Uh, the, the move into the airports is the thing I quite like, because you can charter flights in Pandemic. You can either fly from, discard the city card you're in to fly anywhere in the world, or discard a city card to fly to there. Boroteris can do the same thing, mm-hmm. but discards a card and says, oh, there's been a spot, I've been spotted in this airport. You don't know whether I've landed in that airport or flown from it. 
Yeah. Yeah. So it's like you can nice throw a little bit of misinformation yeah. you can use to throw things. Yeah. Um, yeah. I quite liked that. It solves that idea of someone taking over the game. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Or even you know sometimes it can be a four-player game and there could be three people taking over and then one person's like, oh, I'm just doing what they say. Yeah. And yeah. they feel they've lost their autonomy. Yeah. And one of the great things about board games is being able to make your own choices and to yeah. do things for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I, I quite enjoyed that. I think it, it made me think of the game. My brain, when I first played Pandemic, was kind of trying to do that computational thing and work yes. out all the possibilities and kind of grinding. Um, and I enjoy that, you know, that kind of challenge. And I felt that come back when we played on the brink today. Yeah. You're not just playing against the game, you're playing against the person, yes. which is always more of a challenge. Yes. yes. Yeah. Now, <laughs> it also has a couple of other modes in there, which v- are just slight variations on the regular thing. Yeah. Virulent strain, which makes the first disease that becomes an epidemic extra tough to get rid of or yep. do special things on the board. And the mutation element, which has the purple cubes in, there's a fifth disease to try and get rid of that acts in a completely different way to the other diseases. Cool. It doesn't necessarily spread the same way. Yeah, yeah. And different things happen with it. Yeah, I think the yeah, I'd say bioterrorist is probably its major change. Those. And the, but then there's some nice little modes if you don't want the competitive thing. It's yeah. not just a competitive expansion. No, yes, yeah. it's, it's got the the other stuff it adds in. If you're getting bored of the normal game, it changes it up enough that you again you're having to think a little bit differently about stuff yeah. because you're having to abstract yourself a little bit more now. Yeah, and I quite enjoyed the I've enjoyed the uh, cooperative expansion as well. I've played played it with people as well. Cool. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's a nice way of, uh, of varying it. Now, we didn't play today in the lab. No. Aaron, you're, you're again, our resident Nurgle Lord. Um, how have you found in the lab? Just very quickly. I really like it in the lab. Actually, it's the one I tend to come to the most because it adds another board slate onto the game. Yeah, um, as well as the nice extra pieces it gave in the game, um, adds an extra board uh, where instead of just discarding cities of the same colour mm-hmm. to cure a disease, you have to take elements of... The virus or the cubes of the virus put it into a lab and then put it through processes to extract information from it um, you've got cards that need disease cubes of different colours to make a cure for one colour so it becomes an extra puzzle it's the, the, the proper biology nerd yeah, yeah, yeah. edition awesome yeah. Um, you sounded really excited then. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I, I, that sounds really cool. Yeah, yeah. That's where the, the petri dishes are specifically yeah. for that element as well, because uh, you can extract different disease colours from them, or you can expand more from one colour because you need three to. Yeah, it's, awesome. it's a second set of colours. What I tend to find when I'm playing the game is that somebody or one or two people will be the researchers in one of the research stations. Mm going through and making the disease work, making sure enough of the disease keeps back back in the pile so it doesn't lose the game. Yeah. We'll make sure there's enough to secure the diseases while the other two disaster manage, essentially. Okay. Um, okay so there's not yeah. different elements of the game, which, again, that can detract from the quarterbacking a little bit. If you've got a player who is likely to do that, you put them into the lab. You're right, you're the lab assistant. You're going to be doing this, essentially, and other people focus on other stuff. They're focused on their element. I need you to go get this for me. Okay, cool. And that's their element yeah. of trying to control it. Yeah. Um, which added, it does add in extra epidemic cards as well. So you can have this ultra hard mode where I think there's like eight epidemic cards Jeez. in one Yeah. But then if you're after that challenge and you've mastered the formulaic approach, then that, that's a fantastic way yeah. of expanding the game. Yeah. yeah. There's a team mode in it as well. So you play uh, with uh, 
two teams of two or three people each um, where you're competing you're still trying to win the game as such but you're trying to compete over who cures the diseases the quickest or <laughs> in the best way okay. nice who was the best science in yeah yeah. yeah. You're, trying to, you're competing over funding essentially to, yeah. to do it pharmacology wars the board game yeah yeah <laughs> moving away slightly from the core game then uh, we also played 2014's Pandemic Contagion mm. which is a very different kind of game wasn't designed by Matt Leacock. It was designed by Kerry Grayson. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I fell out my chair trying to check. <laughs> uh, plays two to five people, and you take the role of competing diseases. Yeah. The tagline on the box is, you are the disease, there is no cure. Hooray! Yeah. <laughs> Rather than playing the... Sorry, it's not the CDC, it's the World Health Organization that you play got that wrong all the way through yeah well you start yeah. off with the cdc yeah you start off as, yeah, as your base oh, yeah that kind of thing you you slay the diseases and rather than having terrible things um happen to you in the form of people dying you have terrible things where the world health organization might invent a cure yeah for certain <laughs> things or they might not kill out a population or they might ground flights and similar yeah. Uh, to hold you back. So it's competitive, not cooperative. Yep. Mm-hmm. Although you will work together slightly. You'll have a kind of tableau of different cities. You will place your cubes of virus. They've kept the cubes of virus, the, the jelly-like cubes yeah. of loveliness yeah. uh, that you place out. And each city, based on its population, I think, can hold a certain number of diseases before it's eradicated, wiped off of the mat. So you're not eradicating diseases, you're eradicating people. Yeah. You score points based on whether you were the first disease on the scene yeah. or whether you're one of these young upstart diseases <laughs> that has come along later and just kind of finished off the, the weak people. The entire aim of the game is to be the hipster disease. <laughs> you want to be there first because you yeah. score the most points, yeah. but each card has an ability. So if you're the disease that turns up later and triggers uh, the, destruction. The, the destruction of the city, you get to use the ability on the card. You can score points for... Free the first yeah. three people on the yeah. city, yeah. but if you really want the uh, the yeah. ability, you can use it. And yeah, one of the things I liked about that was that your disease can grow in deadliness as you go through, mm-hmm. similar to the way you collect colours of sort of lo- of cities. This one, you're collecting different colours of virus, yeah, and using those to do various things, whether it's uh, move your virus into a new city or to kill more people within the city that you're already in you can also use them to mutate your virus so at the start of the game if you want to draw a card you can only draw one card but you can upgrade that until by the end of the game you could be drawing four cards yeah. yes so the same action it has having four times as much because you've increased the incubation yeah start yes. of your virus yeah so it incubates quicker yeah you can increase the infection rate. infection rate, so you put more cubes down each time you uh, you infect. Yep. Or you can increase your resistance, so you can make your disease hard to eradicate. So a lot of the the cards, the event cards that are played each uh, each turn, will say you know they've inoculated the population. You need to lose this number of cubes. Yeah. Yeah. Or drop this many cards from your hand. And you can lower your resistance to resist that ability happening. Yes. Yes. So you could have two resistance. It says, take two cards out of your hand. You're like, I want this cards for next turn. No, I'll lower it by I'll two. Lower, or lower it by one to keep that one card one that you, card that you yeah. really, really want. Yeah. So, yeah, I quite like that it that it, it has that feel of you, you're kind of progressing. Yeah. Yeah. It's fairly lightweight, I'd say, as a game. Yeah. Very, yeah. Um, yeah. And it was a bit odd because it, it just got started. Yeah. 
and then it was over. Yeah. It felt. It's, it's one of those kinds of games. Yeah, yeah, 12 turns. So that's everyone has 12 goes. Or when there's only two cities left, you start with eight, but you yeah. can have more added in yeah. uh, through various events and similar. Yeah. I didn't feel so much like that. Okay. With that game. Um, we've, we have it in a lot of things. Like when we played Mainframe, yeah, yeah. Android 1, that very much felt like. Yeah. And oh, it's, oh, it's done. We've had the same thing with Settlers. Feels like it's only kind of just getting going a little okay, bit. We normally yeah. play to more points in settlers. Yeah, exactly. No. But you didn't think you, I, you were I happy felt, with I the felt it, okay. it, let, it ran the, the course fairly well. Yeah. There are different stages to the game, and I think the last bit of the game is quite quick as you're trying to mop up the last few yeah. remaining points or people, as it is in this case, really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I thought it was all right. Yeah. yeah. I was very mathsy at the end. Yeah. Because yeah. I had one, one move that could. You were either going to draw with me or lose. Yeah, but well, I had to do the right thing and I had to sit and just go, yeah. that, that, that. you went, oh, that, I'll that. do this. And I'm going, yes, yes, yeah. do that thing. No, he's not going to do that. Yeah. yeah. I went, no, that's a terrible idea. It shows up more in the two-player variant. The yeah. whole, it rushing too quickly. You're just starting to get to a point where a tactic you can imply appears and the game's over. Um, Contagion isn't as well thought of as... Uh, as pandemic no, itself, I can see why. Uh, yeah, yeah. But it's not an unenjoyable game. It's quite a cheap game, isn't it? Yeah, it was fifteen odd quid, I think, when I got it. Yeah, um, and there is worse games with the pandemic later on, such as Pandemic the Cure. It's fucking awful. Have you played Pandemic yes. the Cure? Yeah. Oh, what's wrong with the Cure? Oh god, uh, we should have played that. I don't have it. Oh, I, okay. I played it at a board game cafe. I went, oh, I'm fucking, I'm picking this up. It's a roll your luck dice game. Okay that uses some of the same elements of Pandemic where the guy can outbreak and yeah. disease and the randomness of the dice roll makes the game almost impossible to make any kind of tactile decisions in. There's like zombie dice, it's just luck-based. Yeah, Rubbish. Completely. Well, there's like, an element of pushing your luck in that. Nah. Yeah, but that's pure... I, I like zombie dice because that is purely what it is. Yeah. It is just pushing your luck and that's down to it. And you Whereas, know that and it's... Yeah, it's and you don't walk into it going, cool, we have to work together, do a thing and make yeah. some stuff it's, it's still a cooperative game. With the cure, you're still trying to do the same thing on the board. It's set up slightly differently. Yeah. You're still trying to do the same thing. You're trying to stop spreading. You're trying to stop the epidemics outbreaking all over the place. But you can't make proper decisions when you're going. Well, I've got nothing I can do this turn. Pointless. Yeah. You know. Whereas in pandemic, you might draw some cards that aren't any good to you, but they'll be good to somebody else, and you could at least go and do something that can at least stem the tide a little bit. You yeah. always feel like you've got some decision you can make that's helping. You have agency. Yes. You have control of what's going on, whereas rolling the dice could just give you a really duff turn. Yeah. How long does a turn take? So I don't mind games like that if I'm not waiting ages to have another go. Uh, not that long, to be honest. Um, more of it's going, oh, what's the most effective thing I can do? I think so. We yeah. probably didn't spend ages on it, deliberated over everything. So it doesn't take that long. I remember us playing it for about 20 minutes or so because we only played the one game. I think it's... I went... <laughs> yeah, I went... <laughs> okay. Whereas, yeah, Contagion... It's, it's, it's okay, I think, is probably yeah. the summarisation of, of... It It was enjoyable. I'd, I'd, I'd play, play it again. Yeah, it was about yeah. half an hour. It's quite yeah. a light game. Like a nice palate cleanser game. Yeah, you're waiting for your roleplay group to turn up. So a year after Contagion in 2015, we had Pandemic Legacy. Ooh. Mm. Uh, season one of Pandemic Ooh. Legacy available in a red box and a blue box that seem identical mm. Pandemic Legacy season one mm-hmm. which is now the top rated game on Board Game Geek making it officially uh, king stroke queen stroke tentacled overlord of all board games mm. 
Pandemic Legacy, it's in the name. It is a legacy-style game where each game, each box, can only be played through um, as one series of linked campaigns. Uh, it's not the kind of game that just lives on your shelf and you can put it out as and when. Uh, the board state changes. You may add stickers to it. Yeah. You may rip up cards, yep. which felt so good the first time I ripped mm. something up for Risk Legacy, but also... Like my stomach lurched and I was nearly sick. So I was like, I paid money for this. And I was like, no, I've paid money for this. <laughs> Pandemic Legacy co-designed by Matt Leacock and Rob Daviau. I hope I'm pronouncing uh, his name right. If not, it's my fault. Um, who is credited as inventing these legacy style games, starting with Risk Legacy. Mm. Uh, he's also, he, he then did Pandemic Legacy and recently he's done Seafall, which is... A 4X version of you know, Explore, of Trade, etc., yeah. etc., cetera, et cetera, version of the um, the Legacy formula. Now, we played quite a lot of Risk Legacy. Did? And I think people stopped playing it because I had all the nuclear missiles and everyone else had nothing, nothing but the clothes they turned up in. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I got very close to getting something a few times, and Colin always ruined it out of spite. Yeah. yeah. Now, Colin is dead now. So we might be able to return uh, to it. Um, we, I picked up, when it first came out, uh, Pandemic Legacy. Mm. Uh, myself, Aaron and Colin, the original podcasting trio, uh, were playing through it. Yeah. Uh, we were playing a game sort of every other week or so. Yeah. When we were recording podcasts, we'd have a quick game. Uh, we tried to do something fun with it and failed. Yeah. Um, so they will never hear see the light of day, uh, but we did some recordings about it. Uh, but then we stopped. And it's the kind of thing, as I said, you need really the same players. Yeah. And Colin, as we said, he lives in a bush upside down, um, covered in odd tattoos. Yeah. Um, and waistcoats. And waistcoats, <laughs> yes. So what happened, Aaron? Well, what, what, what happened between each game state? Uh, what happened to why didn't we finish playing Pandemic Legacy? Well, as you were saying, it requires a kind of similar group into play. You've got your character that you've kind of invested in as such yeah and we stopped having as much time to do it while Colin was with us and then he had to go because of he's no longer with us (laughs) yeah (laughs) and yeah trying to incorporate somebody else into the game which involves spoiling the first three months I think we'd played yeah the game the game is is set over the course of a year and each month is a game Mm -hmm. now if you fail you can play it again. Yeah. If you fail twice, you don't play that again, the game still moves on yeah. and you have different consequences. So in legacy games, there's like packs of cards, boxes of tokens. But yeah, there's there's some really good surprises in there. We oh, saw yeah, some really yeah. good stuff in Risk Legacy. We don't yeah. have to spoil it for anyone, but there's some really big tubs with loads of stuff in. And yeah. you're like, yeah. this has changed the game completely. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Risk Legacy was doing that. The first game is just a game of Pandemic. And then depending on whether you win or lose twice, if you lose twice, oh dear, because <laughs> it is equivalent to the easiest difficulty setting of yes. um, normal pandemic. But, yeah. you know, if you've not played before, that might happen. Yeah, yeah. And then it sort of snowballs from there. So you might, if you fail lots, there's a box in, the, in there that says, if you failed like three months in a row, open this box. Yeah. I think a boxing glove comes out on a spring and punches you in the face. Um <laughs> Open it, it just releases a virus. Yes. <laughs> the secret anthrax compartment. Yeah, um, I was really enjoying it. Yeah. The game felt very different already after mm. only a couple games. I was mm. really looking forward to it. Life got in the way, and I think 
it's a bit like committing to a role play campaign. You yeah. need people that are going to play X number of games and X amount of time this at these dates regularly. And we just didn't have that. But yeah. now you see this. This is the thing. And and as much as I, I love the idea of legacy games, yes. Um, and I was thinking about this earlier when we were saying we were going to cover pandemic and the legacy element and stuff. And like, I am all of the fucking excited for the new Netrunner Legacy game. Yeah, Oh directed. my god, I cannot wait for that to come it out. It seems to be the big new trend in board gaming. Yeah, but I don't know if I like it. You've not... You've played Risk. Yes. You've not played Pandemic. No. I think Pandemic Legacy... Pandemic uh, is no, a no, better no. game than now, Risk. My issue with the Legacy thing yeah. isn't the quality of the game. Yeah. Risk isn't that good. But we but still I played ten games I, or so. I really, really yeah. enjoyed the legacy aspect of it because it made it better. And yeah. it twists it, and it turns it, and it takes it in different directions. So but, it's a new game every yeah. time. You need it, you need to have a consistent group. Yeah. yeah, which can be a struggle. Yeah, if someone stops playing, you you have that element of going right. That's either spoilers for new people. Yeah. I've said I don't really mind I'll quite happily carry on from where you guys were if we want to carry on playing yeah. it yeah you could be Colin I just I, it bothers me because you you might lose out on like if I went oh I don't really want to play that because I'd rather play from the beginning I don't want those spoilers yeah that's wasted. you can't start it yeah. no you can't restart you can restart I, a campaign setting yeah you, you, you can introduce a new character to a role. Well, you can then, introduce a new yeah. character, or you could go, oh, well, two of the four pe- members of the party have gone. We've got two new people in. The other two people might just go, yeah, we'll restart. Like, I'm sure if we had the option of pressing a button, we would restart season one with the new Yeah. Podcast. Oh, yeah, but, yeah. But I would love to that. play that with the four of but us. You as can't we are. do that because you stick things on the board and you tear things up and yeah. everything else. Well, Aaron, you said you've got a copy that you didn't get to use. Yeah. I, I would quite happily start again, but I have spent my £60 on my copy that's now going to sit there forever. Yeah. And not get played. And that is my only issue with Legacy yeah. Games. It doesn't yeah. matter what game it is. I think I would... I wouldn't. If I knew I'd never play it again, I would go through and I would unpick all the boxes and do everything in order and look at it yeah, from yeah. a kind of looking at how the cogs work kind oh, of yeah. perspective. Yeah. And looking at how the game was built and what they've done. See, But I don't think that's everyone's... No, I I love the idea of Terminal Directive because it only needs one other person to be useful. There's a big risk involved with... Yes. um, Any other board game you spend £60 on that's not a legacy game, if the people you start playing with or whatever, you can play it with other people. You can't do that with a legacy game. Yeah. Yeah. And like, if if Aaron and I were to get his copy and play it with you and Jamie, we... We would know the, fir- the things from the first couple months. Yeah. We would. We'd know what happens in February. We know what happens in March. We'd, yeah. we'd know ahead yes. of time. And that would uh, would change things a little bit. Yeah. Um, it did, however, solve some of the problems we mentioned about pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, you choose your role. It's not randomly determined. Yeah. You cool. name your person. So you've got a, a collection of uh, different actual characters rather than just you know nameless dispatcher yeah yeah um, you have Jeff the dispatcher we also had a, a character called Penny Sillin <laughs> who was really good at curing stuff yeah. <laughs> <laughs> been waiting to share that with the podcast audience for over a year <laughs> I think it proved quite life. nicely yeah yeah uh, it's mostly amusing just to me and Aaron. Um, <laughs> only, only amusing yeah. to you and Aaron. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you've got some big containers. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, you've got some various different bits and pieces. They're all the same size. Yes. You could have two cards in there. You could have... A whole, whole load of stuff. Yeah. Five yeah. different types of disease. Yeah, and there's a weird... Kinds of this is odd. Dossier. Like a weird kind of dossier file, top secret mark Oh, thing. I like that. Yeah, that you... It will say, unpeel this and stick it in Y and do this, etc, etc. And some of them are cards. Yeah. And some of them are sort of add-on bits and things like that. Rules, expansions, yeah, stuff like the Wear Risk Legacy. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, then there's there's loads in there. If you are really into your... If you get into Pandemic and you've got a regular group, it, it's almost a no-brainer. It's so well-respected. Yeah. And the little bits that we played of it, I really enjoyed. But bear in mind... It's a commitment. Yeah. That commitment, yeah. Uh, it's a bit, of a, a bit of a shame. Yeah, I think we've said this before on the podcast about Risk Legacy, but, you know, again, you, you're playing with Pandemic Legacy in your 12 to 24 games. Yeah. Most board games you play, that's probably the upper limit of how often you play it, yeah, and then you yeah. put it some, on the side and not play it again. Some groups play something more regularly. Yeah. Some groups find a niche and they really burrow into that and they really get their enjoyment. Yeah. I found most gaming groups I've been a part of will have favourites that come out regularly. Yeah, yeah. So we have our favourites that we'll dig out. Waterdeep will dig out. Dead of Winter will yeah. dig out. Yeah. Arctic Scavengers. Arctic yeah. Scavengers. Yeah, other various, various games that, that come out regularly. But we've also got a quite broad range. Yeah. yeah. I think we do do that thing of, of chasing the next kind of high. I like something new. I like something, yeah. something different and interesting. Yeah. But then that, that fades, obviously. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so Legacy... Um, Take rather than taking our word for it, I think other people's word for it. Yeah, yeah. Well thought of. Now, what I tried to start about five minutes ago, uh, the idea of you wanting certain roles over certain other roles and that kind of thing, and not having kind of a connection to your character, mm. is very much present present in um, you know it's kind of corrected. And the game actually makes you use different characters. So yeah, you might get attached to your. Uh, plucky generalists who can do a little bit of this and a little bit of that as I was playing for most of the uh, the game um, but Aaron you and Colin were actually changing characters yeah in order to combat the new rules and the new ideas that were yeah. coming in it would introduce a new idea and quite often you get a character that would be better at dealing with that new situation so okay. it'd be like ah cool you've got to play the game in a different way if you want to uh, to succeed yeah and sort of change it yeah. and, and you lose a little bit of that quarterbacking because everyone's responding to a brand new situation yes. yes so it's not like the guy who's played it a million times and is saying oh, like, we wouldn't go there because we've got a four, four yeah. in seven chance of." I think the thing that, for me what appeals to me about the legacy games just very quickly is it bridges that, that gap between the board gaming and the role playing the role play yeah. that we do tends to have you know you play the same characters over a period of time you develop a story and you have progression. Yes. Because board game tends to be the same thing every time. You might get they're, better at it. They're nice little enclosed packages which work beautifully for some people. Yeah, whereas for me it's like, you really like this board game, then here we'll do something extra with it yes. to make yes. it to the, uh, to the next level. Last but not least on our list of pandemics that we've uh, played is Pandemic Reign of Cthulhu. Yep. Uh, 2016. Uh, quite recently it was Gen Con 2016 I do believe and yeah. then it kind of rolled out very slowly uh, much like the grasping eldritch tentacles of Lovecrafting Doom uh, from there uh, two, two to four players uh, cooperative again like mm-hmm. the original pandemic 
Matt Leacock and Chuck Yeager are the designers. Obviously, Lovecraftian things, Cthulhu is all about the horror, the dread, the tension, yeah. the creeping tendrils of Eldritch Doom. Did we feel any of that playing Cthulhu Pandemic? A little bit. Yeah. I didn't get... I got the same level of tension that I do playing Pandemic. Yeah, I mentioned right back at the beginning of this podcast, a million years ago now, that I like the tension of Pandemic, mm. flicking the card over and going, oh, it's, it's an epidemic, oh, everything's falling apart. Yeah. It has a similar feel. Yeah. Um, it expands from having diseases that then cause outbreaks and spread. You have cultists. Yeah. Summon elder gods. Yeah. You can also have shoggoths appear. Yeah. So big yeah. gribbly creatures. Uh, these all have nice models. Yeah. Well, um, shoggoths and cultists do. Yeah. And the... The Elder Gods have nice cards. The Elder Gods have nice cards. And the players have nice models for the different characters that they, yeah. that they play. Yeah, which is cool. But they're not beautiful models. Um, they're... No, they're standard board game fare. Yeah, yeah, but it... They're good quality... They're on, or, they're on par. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're not, like, crap, but no. there's much better models out there. Yeah, if it's model-centred stuff, I think for a game that probably you wouldn't expect models in, they're... Reasonable they're board. serviceable, and you can tell yeah, what they I do, are. I think I think I've been ruined slightly by New Angeles because the models in that were beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Although they were three models replicated, so you had like five or six of each. Yeah, yeah. These are the cultists are replicated. The the, the Shoggoth the same, but each of the eight different characters has an individual yeah. Yeah, model, does, which yeah. is really nice actually. Yeah. Um, and you could sort of paint them and uh, yeah. and such like if yeah. you so if you so desired. Joe, you had a, a great time arranging the spare cultists into a summoning circle. Oh, I did. <laughs> yeah, um, it's the happiest you seemed all day. <laughs> yeah, I was quite amused by that. Um, <laughs> how did it compare to the base game of Pandemic? Is it very different, or is it fairly it, similar? I would say it's fairly similar, with a yeah. couple of different moving parts. Yes. yes, mostly shoggoths. Yeah, yeah, the shoggoths are different, and the gates mechanic. Yeah, it's a little bit yeah. different. It's like you've got four already placed research stations down that you have to go. Yeah, but you have to go to that specific, specific one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you're not trying to cure the disease. You're trying to shut the gates from whence these horrible creatures are, yeah. are coming. This is why when you're out in the country, it always says, "Please shut these gates." It's because roaming shoggoths will escape. Yeah. They will. They will. And <laughs> our countryside is littered um, with desiccated gods of elder times. Yeah, yeah. It felt simpler. Yes. You're trying to shut the gates, but you're well, you're collecting the same coloured cards. But if we're that there's four different coloured areas again. Mm-hmm. If you're within that area, you can change swap the cards about. The yeah. cards that you're collecting as players aren't you're not collecting Bogota, which happens to be yellow, which lets you go to Bogota. Yeah. Uh, or fly out from Bogota. Just collecting yeah. green, oh. yellow, red. Yeah, you've got Arkham, which is the whole place. You've got the four different areas taken from Lovecraftian Mythos. Yeah. And you are trying to um, close those portals. But you could, but you can go. So at the start of the game, we, we started in the green area. So the first thing me and Aaron did was I gave all my green cards to Aaron because yeah. he had a couple. I had a couple, and then suddenly we were almost ready to close, close the, to close the yeah. gates. Yeah. Um, so that mechanic has been sort of simplified. Um, you don't need to worry about getting back to research stations. You go to the colour, the, the place in, in that colour. And you can take the bus rather than fly. 
But only from places with a bus station. Yeah, now, this, so, this... so it's limited, and then you discard a colour of where you're at to move anywhere you like, or you can move anywhere in the same region. So it's, it's okay. It's, yeah, um... it's different. Well, it well, is felt different. slightly easier in the collection. Now, see... stakes. Yeah, a little. Because you didn't need to both run run over to Baghdad to swap the Baghdad card over. No, no. You just needed to both get to the same spot in the blue area. And I think it plays on well because obviously these are all cities that have got airports compared to in the Cthulhu one where you've you've got to go to the bus station yeah. for the town. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't think it was particularly simpler or easier than normal pandemic. Okay. Um, I think where a lot of that idea comes from for us is we're comparing this game quite largely to the other Cthulhu game that we had. Yeah. Uh, name escapes me at the moment. Arkham Horror. Arkham Horror, yeah. And it's much simpler than Arkham Horror. Yeah. Yes. In the yeah. best possible way. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's a better version and I think, of Arkham Horror. And I think that's why it feels simple. Yeah, because, yeah. Because we're comparing it to that. Comparing it to normal pandemic, I don't think there's that much difference. No, no argument. It just feel I think, because you've only got... The cultists and the shoggoths on the board. It feels a little bit like you've got less, less going wrong. I mean, we we had two gods away from doom. Yeah, yeah. and there were several turns where we were like three more cultists, oh, which is one turn. If, yeah. if early in the game I hadn't been the magician, I wouldn't have had given Brian the extra turns to kill the shoggoth early. Yeah. yeah, and if we didn't have the stop the summoning card that I yeah. managed to get early on as well, then that turn could have been horrendous. Yeah, yeah. I, so, I like the shoggoths. They appear. Each time that there is an equivalent of an outbreak, what was it called? Evil um, Rises. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. the Evil Rises, uh, some cultists appear and a Shoggoth appears. Yeah. They move around the board, Yes. Yeah. which is really interesting. You, the, the biggest difference with this is that you have sanity for your, each of your characters. Yeah. Yes. Um, and if you encounter a Shoggoth, so as they move around the board, they might move into your space trying to get to these gates. Mm-hmm. They're trying to get to the gates and go home. Yeah, it seems to be. But when they get there, they then oh, poke an, an elder god and go, "There's a gate, boss." Yeah, uh, and it, the elder god's influence increases. They're quite interesting because they make things worse for the players each time they go up. They might have an, um, yeah, they either have a, an instantaneous effect or a continuous effect yeah, depending yeah. on the god. But the shoggoths themselves, pan, the pandemic board is quite interconnected. There's lots of different ways to get to different yes. places. Because pandemic Cthulhu reigns, a uh, reign of Cthulhu. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> um, how you ride him. Yes. <laughs> they have bottlenecks between the different areas. Yes. yes. Each area is, they're kind of at the corners of a, of a rectangle, and each one's only connected to the adjoining corners. Yes. There's nothing, no connection across the middle. No. Nope. And there's only one way to get between them. Yes. So if a Shoggoth is kind of parked on the bridge that you need to go through to go mm. and do the thing you need to do, you've got to go through it. And when you encounter it, you have to roll a dice. You might lose sanity or you might summon more cultists. Yes. If you your sanity depletes, you flip your character card over and there's a mad version of them that has yeah. a drawback rather than an ability. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you've got a good side and a bad side. Yeah. And, you know, a bit of bad luck, that might become a pressing issue. You can regain that in certain ways. Yeah, I thought that was quite interesting and it brought some of that flavour yeah. Um, you know, you need to get through there, but you need to do the thing. You can use the gates to traverse the well, board, but it affects your sanity. It's a nice yeah. update on what we said earlier yeah. about how you are strangely immune to diseases. Yeah, you're not immune no, to what's going the, the on. The game does affect you as a character. Yeah. But it doesn't knock you out. No, which is nice, because nice. player yeah. elimination is rubbish. Yes. 
Um, and it doesn't do that thing that Arkham Horror does where you get lost in space and time for a turn and don't oh. get to do anything. Or seven, depending on what yeah, bad yeah, stuff can, comes bad, Other bad things can happen. Now, one of the things I like is the Elder Gods are... Obviously, Cthulhu is the end. Yes. Yeah. But the rest of them are randomised. Yeah, there's quite we, a few of them and you draw six or seven. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and we looked at it and went, oh God, if it came like this one, this one, this one, really early on... That's really hard. The, but you don't judge the difficulty of the game based on... You don't tweak the difficulty based on that, which is interesting. No, it's all... That's all randomised. Um, yeah. They could have added a, a thing where... Play this one and this one first and second if you... Yeah, put them in this order for the first game so you get used to the game, yeah. etc. Et it was good. It did It did what it was supposed to. Yeah. It's. I don't think it's too easy. No. Um, no, no. It, it might have seemed easy after a day of playing Pandemic games. Yeah. Possibly. I think maybe they've, they've simplified some <laughs> of the core mechanics but then added extra bits yes. in. Yeah. Which I think we kind of grasped fairly intuitively. Yeah. But maybe... Yeah, if you play your first... If it's your first Pandemic-style game then you know it's it, it's reduced in difficult or complexity in certain places but then increased in elsewhere others, yes. so you know i think it, it's still fairly accessible yeah i mean i haven't played pandemic with my family for a long while now it's, it's yeah it's been a couple of yeah. years i think since we last played a game and we played pandemic cthulhu over christmas mm-hmm. and didn't take that long to get playing but no click click very easily again it might be because of that there's the, enough familiarity to, there, to, isn't there? To click in, yeah. But it, it didn't seem like the complexity of those extra elements really made it too difficult yeah. to grasp, which was nice. Um, funny enough, we found that game really easy, the first one mm-hmm. we played. But I think the character spread we had was kind of perfect. And the spread of the Elder Gods we had was kind of perfect. Yeah. Which is interesting. Mm. That's the only thing I have possibly as a criticism of Panic Cthulhu. Yeah. Is that the difficulty alteration doesn't really work in my opinion. No? Well, we played the normal game. Yeah. Took out one card of each colour as the clues for your moving about yeah. and you're solving things. If we played the harder game, that'd have been two of those. There'd been four more cards gone. And yeah. Which makes it harder to find each of the bits you it, need. It means you've got less time. Yeah, yeah. And slightly harder to find the bits you're doing, but I don't really think that adds a great deal of difficulty to the game, unlike... Say with the epidemic cards, you can add more of those in that can cascade very quickly. Yeah, I can understand why they haven't done it because as we found, when one thing starts going wrong with the elder gods, the others tend to come quite. Some of the big. Oh, patch. It, it can again. It can sort of death spiral quite harshly. Yeah, but yeah. So I think really it's it's replayability is coming in the elder god randomization. Yeah. Rather than any kind of change in difficulty. Yeah. That you control. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be people out there that say if you want a really tough game. Put, put this, put, these ones. Put all the ones because some of the elder gods have an effect straight away. Yeah. yeah. Some of them have an ongoing effect. Having all the ongoing effects could be quite tricky. Yeah. Because mm. yeah, well, there's like a perfect order for the hardest game possibly that people have come up with online and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That would be all interesting. Yeah. And play it with these characters because yeah, like the huntress is amazing. Yeah, she seemed really good. Um, I really liked uh, Aaron. You played the mystic who yes. was able to move. The Shoggoths around. That was great because the Shoggoths are trying to, as we said, get to the gates and escape. And you I'm could move. You could stand back. still. Most of the first half of our game yeah. was we arrived at the train station to do battle with evil, and you stayed on the train and looked into a crystal ball and went, "There's a monster. Go away!" and moved it and confused it and made yeah. it go the wrong direction. Yeah. I don't think it's a. It's not a stupidly easy game. 
No, no, and that's, like I said, it's not massive criticism of the game. Yeah, I mean, we'd, we'd been playing Pandemic all day. I think we were in our groove at yeah. that point. I um, think we were only a turn making a mistake away yeah. from losing, which a good Pandemic game is plays that way. So, what I'd say then, just to sort of wrap this up then, what version of Pandemic should people go for if they haven't got a version of Pandemic yet? If they haven't got one yet, I would say the base game. The tried and tested... Version 2 with the rubbish plastic pieces. Yeah. Yeah, because you get to know if you if you get on with the game. Yes. And it's probably cheapish now. It's still... Yeah, it's about 30 quid. Yeah. But it also, if you enjoy it, it gives you the, much, the, the most scope to expand because there are the expansions for it. Yes. So if you buy the Cthulhu one, you are just stuck with that. That is all you're getting. Yeah. But you can buy these extra bits that we've talked about with the base game. And I do think it is the best place to start. And then branching out into Cthulhu, if you like your tentacly monsters. Or if you've got a regular group who love it. Then Legacy. I mean, you could start with Legacy if you've got a regular group. That was my initial instinct, was if we've got a regular group and you know you like cooperative games, it's probably a fair place to start. Because the first game of Pandemic Legacy is normal Pandemic. Yes. To get you into... To learn the rules and learn how to play. Yeah. yeah. And then then it changes. One one of the things I like, because the the problem with a a legacy game can be that if you you start wrong, if you misinterpret a rule and get it wrong in a normal game, you go, oh shouldn't do that next time. Yeah. Or, oh, we missed that. Oh, we we would have won or we shouldn't have won. Yeah, yeah. Um, If you do that in a legacy game and stick a a down or rip up a card and it's not the right thing, Mm. or you've been doing it wrong and then there's... You know, you're looking back at logs and go, whoever has won the most game, but Jeff shouldn't have won because he did the thing wrong. Yeah. Um, it can be a problem. So, knowing that the first game of Pandemic Legacy is is the first, is just basic thing. If you're new to it and you do start there, don't just play it through once. Play three or four games of that first thing. I'm fairly sure it actually recommends that in the instructions. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I really quite like Pandemic Cthulhu. I, I enjoyed that. I I quite happily play that more because yeah. I think it appe- I think it just appeals to me. But it's the the setting. Yeah, I like I like the horror thing. I like the fact that you can go mad. Yeah, and then there's yeah. a drawback to your character. So my character was the driver. We decided he had a bus full of kidnapped cultists. <laughs> yes. just chucking them in the back. Um, so he <laughs> could again, they fall yeah. out a window. And, yeah. yeah. So whenever he moved, rather than just moving one space, he could move one or two. Mm. However, if he was to go mad. He starts driving his bus really quickly uh, to keep away from the uh, the madness uh, and the things he thinks are following that probably are. Yeah. Uh, he just didn't realise before. And he has to move two spaces. Yeah. That means doesn't mean there's no spot on the board you can't get to because you can sort of go around in a triangle. You found a triangle where you were, yeah, you were and I, reversing your bus. Yeah, <laughs> and I kind of drove... I basically drove around the roundabout until I could pick the exit that I chose that I wanted. Um, and that was... Uh, you know, so that it didn't ruin it for me. I wasn't no, incapable no. of joining in the gap, but it, it was a hindrance. Yeah, as it um, should be. And I quite liked, I quite liked that. I think that adds the potential for the game to feel di- more different each time well, you play it. So, Aaron, your recommendation as Lord of Nurgle? I, I, I would. I think I'd probably lean the same way as Jody. Go with the base game, cool. which you can expand on later, but. If you've happened to okay, have a couple well, of games of Pandemic and enjoy it, definitely go Do you know what I think is a better question? Yeah. Because I think starting with the base game is probably the best way to go. Yeah. 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 What's the best expansion? I like In the Lab the best. Because yeah. one of the nice pieces do add a lovely yeah. element to yeah. it. And that um, the experimentation side of things really alters the game massively compared to the others. 
Yeah, uh, as much as I liked the bits we played from uh, On the Brink, I really like the sound of the just the massive nerdiness of in the lab. It really yeah. that, that, that sounds awesome. Yeah, it, it feels like doing like biology experiments. Yeah, yeah, with little cubes. I kind of want to drag it into uni and make some of the biologist people play it and go. Yeah. Would you? Yeah. What do you yeah. think to this? Whereas for me, the thing that appealed to me most actually was um, the on the brink, the hidden movement, the one yeah, that's yeah, yeah. working against the group. Yeah, um, that appeals to me more as my sort of game. That's what you like. like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the kind of the sneaky underhandedness of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Two last questions then. Do we think that pandemic is as a series is now kind of burnt out, or can we? Where do we think it might go in future? I mean, they've talked about Legacy Season Two, for instance. Which, which is coming out soon. Yeah, I've seen, this back, year. I've seen the back of the box. Yeah. Which I think it might have spoiled something for me. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately. It was the board on fire. Just <laughs> <laughs> um, a napalm next to yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, which I think that could be quite interesting because... That'll be a first, won't it? Yeah, an expansion to a legacy game, which implies that possibly all the legacy games end in a similar way if they're going to expand that way. Or it might assume, like they do for video game sequels, they go, in this version of the game, option B was chosen in the previous game. Or, Or to be honest, it might have it. If you've played the other one, depending on what happened at the end... Yeah. Attach the appropriate sticker, which yeah. I think a lot of people were or wondering if would happen. Carry on your characters. Mm. If not, these are your new characters, yeah. and you might have you might have some very cool ways of. Yeah. Mm. But it looks like a new game, new board. You're not going to carry on with your legacy season one components. It's not an add-on. It is a fresh game. It's a fresh game. Yeah, because yeah. I think a lot of people have either thrown away or done things with their yeah, legacy yeah. boxes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah do we expect it to carry on and add more stuff? I mean, I mean you could re-theme it for all sorts of different things oh yeah massively but there is a there's a finite amount they can do there's a finite it, return yeah. on it yeah you're right yeah. Yeah, diminishing returns and all that yeah I, I wouldn't want to see them just constantly pumping out expansions maybe an expansion or two for Cthulhu could be cool yeah um, I'm not sure the angles could go with well, it, one of you be being the cultist trying to help yeah, potentially. You're just, you are just mirroring the pandemic things, though. Yeah, that is doing that. Yeah. You could do it in the lab, but have a spell book thing where you're trying to create the yeah, spells. The book of, that could be quite Yeah, cool. the Necronomicon expansion. Yeah. yeah. That could be quite nice. Yeah. Um, but that, in essence, is expanding on a different mythos rather than pandemic as such. Yeah, but sense. I suppose you're linking it on to... Yeah, a similar format. Yeah. But, you know, you're right. I mean, I think... I don't think it's burnt out, but I think they're probably at their. It's maybe it's maybe one or two they can squeeze out before yeah. it just yeah. becomes. I a would. Bit I would be interested in what cares. Iberium is like, because potentially that might be the. Okay, you step too far because yeah. you've just basically made a Victorian yeah. pandemic now. Or they could have reinvented it. We don't really know. Yeah, they could have completely. New wheels. So finally, then, is would you say that given its kind of status and it, its history? Is a pandemic game an essential part of any gamer's collection? Oh. To have the original core pandemic, as it were. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, it depends on your group, because not all gaming groups get on with cooperative stuff. 
No, no. A lot of people like well, that competitive element, yeah, which I think yeah, probably yeah. wouldn't work. Also, your group might have one of those people that is just a dick when it comes to these things and doesn't help and ruins it for everyone because they think it's fun. The yeah. person I want to be, but I try not to be. <laughs> um, but, you, you like yeah. winning games. Yeah, yeah. So you wouldn't so I, want to sit there and go, ah, ha, ha. Like, it's great fun in Dead of Winter when you can go, ah, ha, ha, I still won, but you didn't. Yeah, yeah. yeah which but, is probably why the in the brink, on, on the, the brink, brink yeah. does appeal, yeah. Yeah. But, um, but yeah. I've no, I know people like that that yeah. will do stupid things for the sake of it. Yeah. But I think going back to what you said at the start, pandemic demonstrates a lot of elements of games that are good. Mm. You know, it's, it's kind yeah. of an example of a very good board game that's come out recently. It's got yeah. loads of positives, and there's only a couple of drawbacks in it. Yeah, and so that's I've, pretty good for a, for a board game, especially yeah, one that's arguably. Old now, decade. Yeah. yeah, as far as board games are concerned, yeah. I think the amount will come out now. It's like with it, video games. Yeah, like yeah. Old. It has it has kind of it's just, skyrocketed in what's yeah. There's a lot of chance for people to take elements of it, and expand on it, and do different things. Yeah, but they seem to have not with this so much because they mm. sit because it's been designed well, so it's kind of not needing to build on that much. Yeah, it's done what it done well. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So that that's our verdict then. We like Pandemic. We yeah. do. Yeah. Um, and we hope that you do too. Yes. Um, Just don't buy The Cure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you are a fan of The Cure, the Pandemic expansion, not the 80s, Mooney, oh, Boys Don't Cry. Um, yeah. So if you're if you're a fan of The Cure and we think you think we've got it wrong, let us know why. Uh, by we, we now. Well, let us know. Me, me and Joe can play it. Yeah. Aaron can sit outside and looking through the window because the rain falls down. <laughs> Sad music plays. If you've played a particular version of Pandemic and you think we should or shouldn't, something that we haven't mentioned, haven't gone into great detail on, uh, especially if you've played Iberia, which is yeah. the, the latest version, uh, please uh, please let us know. Um, obviously, if you liked it, please please tell the internet wherever you are that you liked it because it, it really helps us out and we really, really appreciate it. You can find us, uh, depending on where you are, uh, you've obviously already found us but you can find us in lots and lots of places we are on iTunes we are on SoundCloud we are on YouTube we have a website criticaltwits.com we're on Twitter and Facebook a search for our name will find us on there and you can also if you've got some feedback if you've got anything you'd like to say to us secretly in private then you can contact us at criticaltwits at gmail.com or messages on Facebook. Or messages up through Facebook. Mm. Yeah, we've had a few people do that recently, and it's great to talk to people and know we aren't just howling into the void. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. I've been Brian Ennis. I've been Joe Lewin. Oh, you fuck. I've been Aaron Vinsky. <laughs> um, and we could do that. Uh, we have been the Critical Twits. Uh, we will be back with you next week for another tabletop based podcast, and we'll be back next month specifically with another board talk for board games, if that's your jam. No one says that anymore. God, how old am I? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much for listening. Until next time, goodbye. Bye. The better feta. (laughs) That's not a disease. It sounds like some kind of delicious cheese. It does, yeah. (laughs) Grown on a woman's thighs. (laughs) I went too far again, didn't I? Yeah, (laughs) but cool.